This is twos and threes, man. Um, it's taken a little while for me to, to let it all soak in. Um, and we've needed some distance from the season, uh, but I think we're ready to do our season post-mortem. The good news is that after the Nuggets lost in the Western Conference Finals, they just decided 2020 was bad enough and they're not even playing the finals. So I feel good about that. Um, I, I, there's no NBA basketball going on anymore. Um, the WNBA is in full swing, and I feel good about that too. Wait, what? You... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with you. This is my petty attempt to not acknowledge the fact that the Lakers are about to be a champion again in my life, and I, I, I can't quite take it. Now, here we are, Doug. It's the NBA finals are in full swing, and I don't want to think about it because, hey, this is this is jazz land. It's, it's good vibes only, and uh, this is our season one of twos and threes post-mortem recap end of season episode for all the heat fans out there listening to our podcast because we know we're we know you're listening i just want to read off our text chain from last night really fast last night right um i said yeah i don't know all blends into one do you think the heat will win a game mark they will win the series doug (laughs) i said i was hoping you would say that do i believe that I mean, I have to believe that. I choose to believe that. I refuse not to believe that. Um, so this is actually kind of warping into an anti-Lakers um, heat podcast, maybe. I'm just kidding. Uh, let, it, let it be clear to me. Let it be clear to everyone here that for me, it's I'm a jazz fan first, clearly. Secondarily, I, I, there, there are players that I love. Uh, thirdly, it's it's never the Lakers. It's hashtag never Lakers. That's that's who you're talking to here. So Heat Nation, a bunch of Miami Heat fans got mad at me one time for comparing Donovan Mitchell um, to Dwayne Wade on Twitter. Look, guys, we're all together now. We're in this together now. I'm with you. Like, whatever you want, Wade County. Let's let's get the chip or the ship, however you like to pronounce it. Um, go Heat. Heat yep. in seven. Um, but forget the Heat, Doug, because let's talk jazz. Um, and I just do want to say, like, technologically, it took us about 15 minutes to get this going because we're Zooming. I'm looking at you, which is fun. You're here in Pacific time, which is even more fun. Um, yet we're recording on something other than the stream that I'm looking at you on. But I'm, the whole thing's fun. Uh, it's good to see your face. It's good to see you on, on the West Coast. Um, how are you? You know, the season ended and you were like, I can't, I, I can't abide this now. I need to move. I need some distance from the state of Utah for, for a hot second. And you moved to Portland. Yeah, I needed um, one extra sleep, one extra hour of sleep than Utah's just to get over everything that I was going through um, after the season, after um, everything that was a, an emotional seven game series with the Nuggets. So, here- yeah, the truth of the matter is, Doug, we love the state of Utah. We love the Utah Jazz. The problem is we love the Jazz so much that when a Jazz game ends, good or bad we need an extra hour in the data process what just happened so we moved to the pacific time yeah it's the only way it's the only way that made sense it's seeming um, like a proper remedy for sure yeah yeah for sure you're gonna like it you're gonna like that game starting a little earlier um and you're gonna like that extra hour to just sort of bury yourself in in a mess of the twitter abyss um and, and a potential of 
non-illegal streaming of the game because I live out of the blackout zone. My guy, you are so hooked up with my NBA League Pass account going forward. Um, all right, Doug. We went kind of back to our roots in this, um, and we we kind of text text the agenda to each other. And here's how I want to do it. The, the, the things that I asked you to think about, it's kind of tough to like, you look at a season, a season in life, a season in the NBA. This was like multiple seasons, a multitude of seasons within one season, at least two, because um, there was a whole bubble season. But honestly, it felt like an onion and there's just like, it, it's hard to get, get big picture on things. So I try to keep it simple. And this is how I wanted to approach this. I texted you and said, I want you to have a list of three things you liked and or loved from this season. Three things that bummed you out um, on the season. I mean, criticism on this podcast occasionally, fair or unfair? I'd say unfair because, well, I'll tell you why. Sometimes people say we're a little too rosy and optimistic on this podcast. Well, if you wanted pessimism, just walk out the front door because it's everywhere. <laughs> so if, like, if, you're, if you're feeling like you're not getting enough hardcore reality in 2020, this isn't the podcast for you. We're your one beacon of, of optimism, <laughs> but nonetheless, we'll go, we'll give you the three things that bummed you out. And then I want to do um, three things to look out for next season. And, and there's so many variables there that I think that's almost like our, our lightning round a little bit. Yep. Um, but, but those are kind of the big topic areas. We'll have a couple of social media things at the end as we're want to do. And I might, um, if I can muster up the strength for anybody who sticks around, give you a Broncos thought at the end, but um is that format fine? Are you, I mean, I sent you this, you acknowledged it, and then you took a nap. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a few days ago, but last I know you were asleep. Um, are you prepared? Yep. Um, and, cool. and also in an earlier text that we were having, we were talking about how we prepare for this um, podcast. And really, um, I've got about 25 and a half years preparing. I'm pretty sure you're just over 35 years preparing for this podcast. So we we kind of gather our thoughts right before this, but this, we're never not prepared. This is at least 60 years of preparation you're listening to in an hour long podcast. So good grief is if you want to make me a little more depressed, tell me that 60 years worth of preparation is what we needed to get ready to talk about the jazz blowing a three, one lead in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But you're, you're, you're right. Um, I was saying like, you know, I, I was talking to, to my wife, Kristen about the podcast and, and about how it's felt different preparing for it over the last few months. And part of it is I used to just like do it on the drive every day. I'd be driving. I'd be thinking about the jazz. I'd be listening to other podcasts. And now um, I don't drive. I'm sitting in my workplace right now. I'm also sitting in my place of, of living. Um, but here we go, Doug. I've, like you said, um, ready for this? Born ready? No, but lived ready. Um, each and every second to get to this point. So here's why I want to do it. Um, this is the the little jump into our segment one. And this is just the big segment of the like, love and bummed out. And because I am the optimist, I kind of want to go like every other one. And then maybe we'll end on a on a positive. So I want you to give me like, let's go like a thing that you liked or loved and a thing that bummed you out. And then I'll go and then yada, yada. And we'll end on a good one. Is that some some kind of way with that? Yep. Yeah, I like. That. All right. What do you? So give me one thing. What's what? What's one thing from your list of three? I mean, it doesn't need to be. Look, this doesn't need to be a a big picture theme. This could be from a game. This could be from a moment. This is your thing. Like, give me your something you liked from the season. 
Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of going chronological with my um, like, loved, bummed out. You make so much sense all the time with this kind of thing. That was a real logical way to approach it. So I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say a big Bojan Bogdanovich. Um, because this time last year, well, this time last year, we already had Bojan Bogdanovich, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, but this, when was last year? I don't even know what you're talking about. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, are, we, are we saying 2019? What, yes. But um, this time last year in the microcosm of the season, we were really at least banking on some excellent Spanish from Nikola Miritich. And I could <laughs> have never go for some Nikola Miritich now. Um, now that I've tasted the sweet fruit of Bojan Bogdanovich. <laughs> um, I just have to, the, the beginning of last season, was such a fun surprise for me. I would say I love to get lost in the algorithms of YouTube and watch random highlights of different people, but I was not ready for what Boyan Bogdanovich was going to bring to the jazz. And it was just super fun that like just a, an, a fun shock. I liked it. I loved it. I'm excited to have more of it, man. A road diverged in a yellow wood and one path was Nikola Meritich. And thank whatever gods may be, we walked down the Boyan Bogdanovich path. Uh, guess what? Top of my list of three things. This is why we try to invite guests on the pod sometimes. Not for this one, because this is this is the season ender, but a little bit of group think. Number one on my list, Boyan Bogdanovich. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and I have a... Th- okay, have you a th- just cut out for one second. I'm not sure if that will be in the recording, but I didn't hear what you said. So maybe... Fair enough. That. I'm going to say it again. Bogey was so fun doug that's the thing like just like you said boyan he was fun man he was hella fun um and this is the thing i i've been on this a little bit um because and shoot i was gonna have you do like your good thing and then your bummed out thing but we're gonna blend this in a little bit because it was the same one um he the the two game winners obvious were fun the time when he scored like against the pelicans and had zeros and everything else that was pretty fun and then the fact that like when he got like a rebound or something the next game they all cheered or whatever and the team was giving a bunch of crap super fun um he was excellent and the the thing doug i'm gonna can i loop this into my first bummed out thing because it kind of is the same thing yeah because my first bummed out thing was just boyan's injury and and you kind of went beginning of the season that's later but it bummed me out. And what's bummed me out, too, is I've seen all these people on Twitter talking about this. And I'm curious for your thoughts about how, like, Boyan was not the difference in the Nuggets series. And I get what they're saying. The Jazz scored a ton of points in that series. He guarded Jamal Murray. And one thing Boyan would not have done is come in, came in and locked up Jamal Murray. Um, so Boyan being hurt was a bummer. But all these people are like, oh, that wasn't the difference. If you think that's the difference, you're dumb. Guess what? I, this take, I, can, I have no patience for this take, Doug. We lost by a quarter of an inch of a Mike Conley shot through the rim by two points in a seven-game series. And guess what we couldn't do very well in the last three games? Aside from, we defended fine in the last game. It was 78-80. We couldn't, nobody could score in the fourth quarter besides Donovan Mitchell. And to me, the most valuable thing in the NBA, and this is hard for me to say because biggest Rudy Gobert apologist there is, but part of his value is he's a great late game defender, but the hardest thing to do is score in the half court at the end of a game. We have one guy who was awesome at it in the playoffs. 
And then we had a couple other guys who were hit and miss. And Boyan was awesome at that thing all year long. So I, I will not accept. I'm not going to like, of course, the whole series plays out differently if he's there. But to say that he wouldn't have made a positive difference is, to me, insanity. That's why one thing that bummed me out was him being him being out. And I just am. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was he was fun. He was awesome. It sucked that we didn't have him in the playoffs. To your point, I saw you go at, go to bat for Boyan on Twitter. And to your point, um, like you said, there was very minimal defense, especially on John, Jamal Murray in the series. Rudy had some awesome defensive um, games against um, the Joker. But, I mean, just think. It'd say say Boyan doesn't add any defense, which he probably wouldn't, maybe slightly a little bit, but he adds the awful, I mean he yeah. adds the offense. I think that Donovan could have still had the games that he did, and then Boyan takes those buckets from people, other people that either missed them or had a turnover. Um, our beautiful favorite friend Royce O'Neal had a couple rough, rough end of end of quarter um looks in the last three games really but um no i think you're right i think it makes a huge difference and potentially i think it doesn't change donovan mitchell's outcome maybe he doesn't have like multiple 40 plus games but i think he um still dominates and looks amazing yeah and maybe maybe tory craig or jeremy craig or daniel craig or some craig has to guard Boyan instead of guarding Donovan the whole time. You know what I mean? Like it affects who they line up defensively. Um, I'm not sure Daniel Craig made an appearance on the Nuggets, but I'm pretty sure Idris Elba got some spot minutes in there somewhere. Um, yeah, and like here's the thing. On the things that bum me out, I put bogey injury slash. Uh, I'm going to say this quick and kind of soft, though, because it was hard for me, was playoff Royce. Um, that's not like even a part two. It's just that like, Kind of, I needed playoff Royce to give me more in Boyan's absence, and like the the mark on Twitter is saying Boyan's one of the twenty best defenders in the or sorry that um, Royce O'Neal's NBA. Like back in January, with like a few people giving me crap for saying that, uh, Royce, it was it was weird, but he he could not guard Jamal Murray, and uh, for some reason, I grouped those two things together. I don't know why. That's because you you've stepped outside into the world of pessimism, so you wanted to slip a little extra pessimism in there. Sometimes it feels good, man. <laughs> it's like let's get negative about this, and then I'm like, what am I doing, Doug? All right. I, no, I speaking agree. of negative, I, I agree. No, yeah, honestly, no that was pretty rough because I mean, what would we have needed Royce O'Neal to do? Shut down um, Jamal Murray and hit the occasional three, and what did we get? Not that. At least in the four games that they won. So, <laughs> well said. What was your first bummed out thing? Um, my first bummed out thing was just early season Mike because late season Mike and bubble Mike was really fun. Um, but early season Mike, just because I felt bad for him, it was kind of like, um, well. I don't know. I mean, anytime you have a life situation that changes, like, um, like I, during coronavirus, I didn't have a job where I was essentially working in design all the time. So now that I'm back in school again and doing design work full time, it's like my brain had to switch and be like, well, am I a good 
designer? Am I, can, do I know how to do this stuff? You know, and I, I, maybe that's not a very good analogy, but the fact that just Mike changed everything that he had been doing for the past 10 years and just early in the season, he, I'm sure he had, was like questioning, like, where is Mike Conley? Just like, we were wondering the same thing. And I don't know, that was hard to watch. It, it was hard to see um, losing our favorite Jay Crowder, our favorite four point play Jay Crowder to a very sad Mike Conley in the early, early goes. Oh, and of course, Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio are part of that equation too. I'm not sure why Jay Crowder was the first one I went to. Um, it made sense to me. I don't know. It was just kind of a, it was that bummed me out, but it was so fun to see it flip around. And that's one of my next season optimisms, but um, maybe I'll say something else now in the, my next season stuff, but early season, Mike, that was, that was a bummer. That was hard to, to swallow at the start, but we wrote it out for sure. I'm with you. It, it wasn't one of my three, but it, it was one that I thought about quite a bit. And I was kind of hoping you would say, it. yeah, no, I mean, like, look, you said it, like everybody was super excited for him. And it's kind of funny because I, at least the sort of NBA analytical circles that we traffic in, did that sound like lame enough? Um, I just feel like on Twitter and even just like sports writers, um, the athletic whatever you like to get your stuff from even the trip um people have become so numbers based and so it's easy to look back and be like well here's maybe the reasons why mike wasn't yada yada but i think like the things that you mentioned all all made a lot of sense and i honestly feel like just going he was like two for 18 or something in his in the first game of the season right can you imagine if he just went like seven for 18 and then he's just feeling a little bit better and then he goes on a nice little run early in the season it just felt like he 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 got off and then it got, you know, got awkward. Yep. Thank you that Mike experienced season one, especially 2019. Kind of a bummer. Yep. Kind of a bummer. Um, all right. What, what was your second uh, good thing? Yeah, my second good thing was um, bubble slash playoff Donovan. I mean, honestly, and this is – well, this is really jumping around. Maybe I'm not actually going chronological, but my very first one was definitely chronological. Um, if you're going chronological now, then I have no idea what your third one is because this feels like the climax yeah. of the whole season. But well, I just thought I couldn't hold off for it to be my third one. Um, Donovan was too fun. It was really, I just felt like Jamal Murray, I mean, he was not fun to watch for me per se but maybe if you're a nuggets fan it was fun to watch i don't know but the first like <laughs> well when jazz were up 3-1 i think jamal murray had only had the one good game one where he had like 30 oh no wait because he had had two because he he had a 40 pointer where the jazz won right but yeah it was really it just looked like donovan was so dominant and it was everything we needed um, without Boyan and Mike came back and it still worked. Um, I just thought that Donovan in the playoffs was fun. And I think that that will be um, kind of a bar that he's setting for next season. At least that's what I'm hoping. That kind of performance. For sure. Yeah. The third thing on my list was Donovan's bubble, bubble leap. 
Um, so I'm right there with you. I think this was the best thing that happened this year in basketball, if you're a jazz fan. And it did. It was like he was awesome throughout the whole bubble. It started off with like, you know, the great pass to Rudy to kind of win that Pelicans game in the first game of the bubble. And in the playoffs, he was otherworldly. And it was awesome. And I thought, in particular, the, the way he played in the third quarter of game seven, his worst game of the, of the whole thing, uh, was just kind of the stuff of legend. I mean, the Jazz were dead in the water at halftime. And we were like, I was sitting there with my family, and I was just like, I just, this is the worst. The worst is you go to a game seven and lay out a dud, and it's just never close. And, and you're just bummed out. And guess what? By the time the game was over, yes, I was, I was pretty bummed that they lost and it took a while. I was just bummed that I wasn't, didn't have my team to cheer for anymore, but I didn't feel like that bad because I was like Donovan in, in the third quarter. So I'm not going to let us go out like this. And he just pulled the team in and then he played incredible defense on Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter. Rudy woke up and the whole team woke up. And it was all because of his individual will. And uh, to do that on top of 250 plus games and like his game two was where I think he was in the 30s or something, but he just distributed the ball well, maybe his best game of the series. I just thought he was the best player um, in the series. Jamal Murray was, was really good. He had a couple off games. Nikola Jokic was maybe the best player in the last couple games, but he also had some bad games. Donovan was consistently the best and without a second scorer and bogey and without Mike for the two games, the first two games to get the team to seven and be that close to winning it was awesome. It sucked the way it ended, you know, with the lost ball and everything on the last play, but he was so good. Um, he was so good. And the Jamal Murray thing, to your point, the toughest thing was like, every time he caught the ball, you were like, wait, why is he two steps ahead of Royce already? Like, why did Royce just completely die on that screen? Like, what's happening? Um, and that was hard. Uh, but at the same time, it was fun. Don was fun. Um, it was the it was the best thing. Um, yeah. What about uh, what what's number two on your bummed out? List? Um, my bummed out list, and this could be number two or number infinity. But um, I was so I was surfing through Twitter while I was looking for different social media stuff. And I made it back to when coronavirus hit. And I was like, wow, how little we knew then, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> how crazy, like everything that's just happened since, um, was it the like halfway through March? Um, my thing that yeah. really bummed me out this season was just, everything that transpired after Oklahoma city um, in March, because I mean, hard for Rudy Gobert, hard for Donovan, hard for the jazz. Um, so much that we didn't know what was going on. The quote unquote, unsolvable relationship, salvageable. Um, and honestly, just all of the angst that was, um everything post Oklahoma City, everything pre-bubble. That was a bummer. I'm done with you. My third uh, with yours, because they married together well. 
end because then I, we don't have to end on this one. My third bummer thing, I just, I literally wrote, Doug, the name of the person who I've said multiple times is my favorite basketball player since Carl Malone. My third bummer thing for the season was Rudy Gobert, man. And this is, let me frame it in this context. Rudy was third, third team, all NBA third team. He finished in the top three of defensive player of the year. The fact that he was third was a criminal travesty, in my opinion. He should have, he should have been second at worst. Um, he was an all-star for the first time. And I also felt like for the first, I felt like he had more game saving defensive plays than any player I can ever remember playing basketball in a season. All that, like he had like five or six where he just like either blocked a shot or, or altered a shot. Like the one against Dallas is the one that I like to think about the most, but there was a bunch of them. Dame, the Pelicans, Dame. like he was just was. And yet this was a bummer season for him, for me. And so before where you got to, it just felt like something was off a little bit sometimes, right? It felt like there were a lot of games where he was not 100% peppy. Um, and then, of course, the stuff was coming out about their relationship. And it just seemed, it just seemed a little off. Uh, and all, even being a little off, he's still one of the best, I don't know, 15 players alive um, impact-wise. And – I think we've made the argument he's better than that when he's all the way there, but it was a little off. And then, and then that happened. And then, Oh, it, it was hard. I mean, we don't need to rehash it all here. We've talked about it on other podcasts. We've talked about it on our best podcast uh, recorded that, that will never actually hear hit the airwaves um, with Dustin and Molly, but um, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was a bummer culminating in like the an, an uneven series versus the nuggets is what I would say where he was great for like three and a half games. Okay. For others. And then bad for like one and a half and the half, the first half of game seven was, was tough. And I felt like a lot of staunch Rudy fans on Twitter were bailing. And I was like, I can't even be on Twitter right now because uh, <laughs> this is happening. And then in the second half of game seven, I thought he was amazing. And in the fourth quarter, he was the best player and he kind of brought him back. But I, I just thought um, it was a weird year. Um, that said, I thought Donovan and Rudy kind of reconciled in the bubble. We'll see if it lasts, but what, the way they connected, watching them play together, um, it made me feel good. And I think that to kind of round this into a semi-positive, I think, the jazz to be the best, you know, to be an actual title contender, like people thought at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It would have helped if Mike Conley was better, but man, bogey was way better than we thought he was going to be. It would have helped if some of the role player things hit, but man, we got like, you know, one of, one of my other happy things that we'll get to later. Um, but uh, we kind of think needed Donovan to be a top five NBA player cap type of player. We needed him to be the best player on the team and Rudy to be really good. And I think I think they kind of made that shift in the most awkward way possible, but to the point where I think Rudy's kind of cool with it. And I'm hoping every day for like news that Rudy and the jazz have negotiated a long-term extension. And, you know, most of the reporting, I see that that would be something South of what he's entitled to at the supermax or eligible for. And I think that would be great because I do optimism wise, not to bleed in our last segment, I think Rudy and Donovan can still have a really productive future together, like 
an awesome one and I'm hopeful that it plays out. But yeah, it was a bummer part of the year. Sorry, I got a little long on that. No, this is just my quick question. Does do they have a continued productive um relationship without either one of these two factors, Howell Neto or um Ricky Rubio? Such a good point, man. Gosh, Doug, that's why people come to this podcast. Um, because as you were saying before, when something was off a little bit, it was that Raul Neto wasn't there, right? Or no Howell Neto, or no Ricky Rubio, no Derek Favors. There was something off with the team. And that's understandable. It's weird because at the end of the season, we, I think you, you brought this up on another podcast. Mike Conley was talking about how this is his, one of the closest groups he's ever been on. And I know people sometimes say that, but it felt it felt sincere. And I think they are a little bit. I mean, I think Joe Ingles was still there kind of holding them together. But Will Neto and Rudy are like off like doing like hot yoga on a beach somewhere together right now. Have you seen these Instagram yeah. pictures? I mean, they look great. And uh, it just kind of makes you think. So, man, if we could get favors back. I, there was some chemistry stuff. I, I hope that they've made it through. Um, but, yeah. That was that was a tough one. Yeah. What do you got? Give me something. How many more? Do you have one more good thing? Yeah. Um. I have. And then do you have any more bad things? Any more bummer things? Well, okay. So my good. I have like a combination, and it's my last one. All right. Well, let me give you my other bummer thing then, and then you give me the combination, and we'll just try to end on. I'll give you my good. We'll end on a high note. Well, okay, cool. Because my last thing ends on a high note, but um, maybe it'd be better if your high note was last. Yeah. So you go ahead. My, my last high note will be like a quick hitter. Um, so we can just like, it could be a cherry on top. Okay. So here's the bummer thing. This is also a short one. Um, this is one, this is the first one that I thought about weirdly. I'm bummed that Johnny Bryant left or is leaving, is leaving now. And it's not because I think the New York Knicks are going to successfully lure Donovan Mitchell away. They might, maybe I'm an idiot, but I think Donovan is too smart to play for James Dolan, the current holder of the worst owner in sports belt, at least in the NBA. Um, but I'm and I'm super stoked for Johnny Bryant. I've been a big Johnny Bryant fan. Like there have been a couple of great articles in the Salt Lake Tribune and other places about how he just made a career for himself. I think he started working out with like Ronnie Price and then Paul Millsap just after he was, you know, he was he played at the U. He went and played in Europe for a for a minute. And he came back and just started doing player development kind of like on his own until the Jazz picked him up. He he did wonders with he who shall not be named that plays for the Boston Celtics now. And then he's been awesome with Donovan Mitchell. I think he's an awesome coach. Uh, and it just kind of bums me out that he's gone. Um, that was a big hit uh, to the team. I'm, I've, Quinn's already hired other people. I think Keon Dooling has come in and, and he seems like an interesting hire to me. But uh, just bummed because Johnny Bryant was a Utah guy. And uh, if like I would have been super stoked to just see him continue to move up the ranks. I mean, I know Quinn, I hope Quinn's coaching the team for a long time. So it's not like I but I don't know. Uh, I wish him the best. But that one that one bummed me up. Yeah, that, that, uh, honestly, like I hope that that doesn't have deeper uh, ramifications of anything. But um and I didn't know that he was a youth before what, like when, when he got hired, then I started to look more into who Johnny Bryant was. And obviously like I already knew service level, like that him and he who shall not be named and then him and Donovan Mitchell. And he just seemed like he's the ultimate development guy, but, um, and the Knicks also got the jazz's secret weapon, 
um, who the right. layman jazz jazz fan would not know of in Walt Perrin. Um, they're like recruiting head of recruiting or whatever, something like that. He's their big draft guru. Uh-uh. The Knicks are the worst. Um, hopefully, he comes back. I don't know. That never really happens. Like I would love, I would have loved to see Igor Kokoshkov come back. Um, soon enough, Alex Jensen, Beaumont's own, only retired jersey in the um, in the in the gym will go somewhere else probably as well. Exactly. But um, it's kind of hard when you have an awesome head coach who has an awesome head coach tree, and um, it's this weird like anxiousness that I get when assistant coaches leave that you don't think about until they're gone, and you're like, oh, does that like How's that going to affect the team? I wasn't thinking about totally. it before. Well, you think like, I mean, like classic example is like Tom Thibodeau leaving the Boston Celtics with Doc Rivers. And it turned out like he was an integral. He was such a huge part of like the defense. And before I didn't even know who Tom Thibodeau was, you know? Yeah. Now I think he's been a hit or miss head coach, but you know, that Celtics team wasn't quite, quite the same after he left. But yeah, I just hope, I mean, we put a lot of respect on Alex Smith. Alex Smith. And we put a lot, hell of a lot of respect on Alex Smith. What a story. And also Alex Jensen. Um, but I hope he never leaves because Alex Jensen always looks like he just woke up from a nap <laughs> whenever they pan to him. And I like that about him. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that was all the love of my heart. Um, so I, I hope we keep Alex. And if, and if he leaves, then we figure out what Saul Jensen's doing right now. But we could always hire him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I need a, this is kind of like a weird, um chronicle of the last seven games of the season um but i'm just going to give you the the short answer at the beginning and then i'm going to kind of draw it out for you but um i am able to and this is kind of a thing that i've come to and this will go through the rest of my jazz fandom is that i will forever be able to watch jazz basketball and let me tell you why mark um you know as as a true fan um you your eyesight was restored you were blind for like two years people don't know this about you uh, right no and now you can watch every game no i i'm definitely one to i don't mean to kill it no (laughs) i'm definitely one to know my to be like a superstitious fan in a sense and i've already told you this um this whole series of why i think i told you this but um this has never been out in the podcast airs but if we chronicle the last seven games of the jazz so throughout the seven game series uh, against the nuggets game one jazz lost um so game one i listened to the first um three and a half quarters and then at my desk at work well no so there was two minutes left in the game in the in the fourth quarter and I went into the bathroom at work, locked the door, and turned on the game because I had to watch the last two minutes. And then the last two, the second I turned on the game, eight-second violation by Donovan Mitchell. And I was like, oh, crap, I should turn this off. Like, this is bad. But I keep watching because I have to. Um, we finish it out. We end up tying the game. Um, Jokic misses the game winner. We go into overtime. And in overtime, I had to go into a meeting. So I did not watch or listen and the jazz lost okay so after that game i'm like crap can i even watch they did terrible when i watched great when i listened 
And when I wasn't following, they just blew it. So game two, I listened to the whole game. Jazz destroy. Game three, same scenario. Um, game four as well, right? Oh, game four. So game four, we were driving back. And I think game four, the first half of the game, we watched at my in-laws house. And the Jazz were playing really bad. And then we drove, and as we were driving, I think the Jazz, I'm the, totally throwing this out of date now, but um, I think the Jazz were down 15 and then came back in one game four. That was the crazy Murray game. Um, but the Jazz won in the end. And I just sat in the car because we got to our apartment in Ogden when there were still three minutes left, and I sat in the car and I listened to the rest of it on the radio. So at this point, I'm fully convinced that I can only listen to the jazz on the radio. Game Was it game five that we were virtual fans or game six? I think it was game we six. We were virtual. It was game six. Okay, so game, game five, six. the game started at four, and so I listened to the first hour was at work and then watched it at home jazz lost okay at this point we're up three two i'm feeling a little iffy about my involvement um but then we get this amazing opportunity that from our cousin dustin and his now wife molly congratulations to them huge congrats we were able to be virtual fans which was awesome and will probably never happen again so we were on the wall in the game um donovan was looking at us i'm sure um Joe Ingles, Tony Bradley, while he was on the bench, was thinking about us. Um, and that was probably the worst game <laughs> that the Jazz played. And I thought, I was so involved in that. I was literally a virtual fan. They could see that I was watching. And so they played terrible. Game seven, I watched, I listened to every single second of that game on the radio. And the Jazz lost. So that point being... I was bummed out because it was a tough, emotional. I'm bummed out right now, Doug. Thanks for having me relive that terrible, terrible sequence. Where does this come around? So, so hard, right? Terrible. We lose. But I, yeah. I told the Jazz that I wouldn't watch a second of Game 7 until afterwards watching any highlights. So I listened to the whole Game 7. They still lost, which means it wasn't me watching the game affecting whether or not they won or lost. So therefore, I can watch all the rest of Jazz games and feel no stress. Boom. Did, did, I mean, did you get that? Was that I, too much? Was I going for too long? Uh, well, I mean, you, you walked me through the whole gambit of emotions. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to come to this point. I'm trying to get to the silver lining that says, yeah, we blew a 3-1 lead. But in the end, um, Doug's gotten over his irrational fear that his viewership uh, affects the outcome of games. So on the whole, best, uh, no, I'm with you. Do you know what? Because in the end, it's in the end, Doug, I, I don't know. In the end, it's about it's about the experience, man. And it's about it's about being a fan and it's about being involved. Right. And and you're 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 moving into your next stage of involvement with the team one in which you unabashedly and f without fear watch the game um but it, you look great in the in the fans thing i mean when you were when you were a virtual fan um 
Lydia was great. It was great. The whole thing was great. You were a little quiet. I was a little loud. I, I was I was sitting there and I was anxious to the fact that I was watching the game. And we were it was like it was the worst game. It Like there were chances, but it was like the one game where I was like never really felt like we were going to win, which, you know, two of the three NBA playoff games that you and I have attended together have kind of gone that way. Uh, <laughs> this wasn't quite the Rockets from three years ago or whatever, but. I like it. Look, you're going to watch the games. We're going to have some, um, I mean, thank goodness that second half, they came back and gave us a little bit of hope. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I think we've covered, uh, covered all my bummer things. Your thing, your good thing was good. Here's my last (laughs) good thing. Here's my cherry on top. Um, and I'm glad I saved it because your good thing still kind of bummed me out. (laughs) Um, which is, uh, I just this was actually second on my list, but I'm glad that it's third. It was the Jordan Clarkson experience. I ver- I remember and will very clearly always remember driving with Kristen. I think we were doing some holiday shopping, and you called me. You called us. You were on speakerphone, and you told me the Jazz traded Dante Exum. I thought it was for Kevin Love. I didn't I honestly was like so confused. And then you, you said, said Mario Hazonia. Mario Hazonia. Yeah, I made a Mario Hazonia joke, um, and. Oh, well, that's because, uh, yeah, it was like if, the only name, like, if you, you could have, like, made me less in, in, excited about Lillard. And guess what, man? Jordan Carson was amazing. Single-handedly turned the Jazz bench from a complete and utter liability into a juggernaut there for a while and then gave us some life. And, yeah, he he was a, a little hit and miss in the, in the playoffs, but he was at, being asked to play a more outsized role without bogey there. And he was just, he was just fun. He was like a fun teammate watching him like shotgun a beer and the bubble was fun. Like his, his Instagram's like one of my favorite now. Like, I just think Jordan Clarkson's fun. I feel like he was one of the guys who was between Rudy and Donovan. Um, and I'm super glad he was on the team and he, he made, he made the season way fun. Yeah, I agree. That definitely saved my really long drawn out negative positive. Um, <laughs> Um, it was a good we, message in the end. We have to. I have to say, in in this, we were totally wrong, and I'm so glad that we were wrong because that. Who would have thought that Jordan Clarkson was exactly what we needed? When I just when we got him, I was like, man, I like what. And I'm pretty sure we we're both in the same boat. And man, could we not have been more wrong? Um, I love, yeah, Jordan Clarkson. I'm. I'm more waiting for when we see that the Jazz gave him a new contract too, because he's really the um, heart and soul of the the bench scoring for sure. Yeah, I, I super hope they keep him. I think both of us thought it was really likely that he wouldn't even end the season on the team, that there was like another move to come. And uh, I think him and Quinn have a fun relationship and I think it's great. And, you know, this is kind of the kind of year it was where my last good thing to say about it is that um, we had Jordan Clarkson uh, for the ride, uh, but, but Hey man, uh, there was a lot of ups. There was a lot of downs uh, for, for the most part for me. Um, the, the thing that I love most about this season was this great new podcast called twos and threes um, that a couple of charming young plucky kids from, from, you know, Davis County uh, grew up to, to bring to, to jazz fans everywhere. It's been. No, it's that's been what I was on. looking forward to for next season. Oh, good. Well, let's talk about that. Let's uh, let's swing into this. I'm. I-
Let's go quick. I mean, I think the, the bulk of this was meant to recap the season that was. Uh, but I want three things from you. I have three things from me. Kind of hot hitters on things to look out for for next season. So I'm going – I'll go first this time. Boom. I'm excited to see what happens with Joe Ingles. I felt like this was an up and down year for Joe Ingles. Um, and tying into that, I'm excited to see what happens with the Jazz bench. I think we're going to build this out. I think Joe Ingles off the bench – was a little rocky this year when it happened. I'm optimistic for it for next year. I think he's going to be, I think it's going to be fun to watch him evolve. I'm looking forward to that. I think he needs to. And uh, I also think the jazz need a little more perimeter defense on the bench. These are the, Oh, sorry. You froze for one second, but um, the last thing I heard you say was perimeter defense. Yeah. That was my big clumpy. One thing is the Joe Ingles, leading the bench unit and we need some, we need some perimeter defense on the bench. These are the things I'm, I'm looking for. Maybe it's Mione, Maybe it's Gerald Brantley. Maybe it's somebody that we don't uh, know about, but yeah, that's it. What do you got? Yeah. Um, I agree. I think um, tease could, well, okay. Well, let, let me comment on what you just said. Really fast. Please. Um, Consider yeah. me teased though. I'm teased by your tease. Yeah. Be teased. <laughs> um, Yep. I'm, I'm excited for Joe Angles. I'm excited for the Jazz bench. I'm interested to see it, what, if any, um, changes there will be. Like, does Roy stay in the starting lineup? Do we get s- someone else in free agency to be on the starting lineup that plays perimeter defense as well? Because I, I feel like if we were to get someone else, that's what it would need to be. Yeah, It's someone that's maybe a little bit longer um, to play alongside Rudy, Donovan, Mike, um, and Boyan. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm excited for. Um, newsflash what I'm also excited for is season two of twos and threes. Um, oh, if you haven't noticed, this is pretty much the most sustainable business model um, out there as far as a podcast goes. It's a conversation with your brother about what you both love. So we're not going anywhere. Watch oh, out, man. Th- that sounds like a really heartwarming elevator pitch for our podcast. And, and I, I like it. We'll be back season two, man. We'll do some stuff in the off season. Um, should Anyone that wants to invest it? in us, um, we're open to commercials and little. That's right. our, we're, we'll go, we're going to our series B round of financing or valuation in series A is undisclosed, but uh, series B is only going to be higher. Um, I think series A was mostly just like Doug, uh, donating his pogs season two season one was really fun this was really really fun and i'm optimistic for next year all right here's my second one then yeah year two mike conley you kind of talked about it we don't need to talk about a whole lot more but i just think he i think he's going to be more comfortable next year this is my my addition to what we said before a lot of people are saying donovan's the point guard of the future agreed a lot of people are saying donovan and mike are too small together agreed also i don't care that much because he's still really good and they were really good together and i just think they need to so they just need to get some other role players to kind of complement those two a little bit. He's going to be so much better in the bubble. He was great in the playoffs. He shot um, through the roof. Year two, Mike Conley. I'm excited. Dang, that was one that I wanted to say too. Um, maybe I'll just say year two continuity. Yes. Um, as as far as um, let's just throw up all of our hopes to good health next season. But just seeing uh, Boyan playing with Mike, playing with 
Joe, um, it seems like those were kind of big conversations in the end, Donovan in there um, in total and just kind of, those are kind of the four cogs. I mean, discounting all of Jordan Clarkson and everything that he adds, it's kind of ISO ball. So um, Joe, Mike, Donovan, and Boyan all playing together offensively. Um, and obviously then, I mean, those four won't be always on the court together, um, probably very seldom. But just seeing how those four can all play, being kind of ball-dominant, scoring-dominant people, I'm excited for that. It's always fun to see what how, how the team evolves. For sure. What else you got? Did you have any others for next year? Yeah, so my last one, I kind of want to go last. You go, oh, yeah, you go. sorry. Yeah, I was going first. Uh, my last one is just I'm, ex- I'm interested to see Donovan and Rudy play together next year again. And I, I, I think the evolution is going to continue. I liked some of the tweaks they made in the bubble to the pick and roll um, that I thought gave Donovan a little more space. It felt like more often they put Rudy in the dunker spot instead of a pick and roll even, and I kind of like that. You know me, Doug. I would like to see Rudy Gobert shoot a three uh, or two a game. I would like to see him shoot three threes a game, frankly. But I'm excited to see their, them evolve a little bit. I think Rudy's going to come back hungrier, and I think Donovan has already leveled up. Um between the regular season and the bubble. And uh, once again, it's just like, I like these two guys. I don't know how much longer we're going to have them both together. I hope a long, long time, but you know, anything's possible. Uh, they're both under contract for next year. And I want to, I want to watch them play together and give it another run. Yeah. And depending on contracts over the summer, this, I mean, this is really the trying ground of, how well they can play together um, this season. I, I agree. I think that's going to be really fun. Maybe what I hadn't thought about, but probably the most integral thing. Other than my next take, um, I'm most excited for the resurgence, um, the, the um, oh man, I can't think of any really cool like lawyerly I'm words. I'm dying of anticipation right now. I, I have no idea what you're going to say. Derek Favors. Let's go. Oh! The funny thing is, I wanted to talk about him too. I forgot and you teased it that way. I kind of forgot. Yeah, you're right. You're right! Go ahead. I see the floor. Sorry. But you're right. Okay, if the Jazz don't change anything at all in this offseason, as far as like getting a wing defender or something like that, but they add Derek Favors, I will say, bring it on. Because that is, if I had one Christmas list, it's Derek Favors coming off the bench as my five for whatever. I still obviously think him and Rudy could get some time together. But we snag him. He gets 20 minutes a game and plays for eight more seasons and um, is a happy man. I think that would be awesome. I agree. Every one of those reports of like mutual interest uh, between the Jazz and Derek Favors uh, have been life continuing um, for me. They've been great. <laughs> I hope it happens. And I, again, he and Rudy together, not the perfect fit, but I think that now they've sort of under like he would come in a, with a different anticipation of his role, willing to come off the bench. And also, I, like you said, sometimes together still like have the Lakers not shown us. Ugh, I hate it shown that there's not like a template like you don't need to play five out all the time 
to win in today's NBA. You just don't. And being able to mix it up a little bit and be a different look is good. Because guess what? We're not going to have Doug. This is what I want to say to everybody, every Twitter. Can I be mean a little bit? Not mean, but mad. A little righteous anger right now. If we if we all drive towards like five out position, three-point shooting athlete, guess who's not going to have the best five? The team in Utah. I'm sorry. Like we need to do some things a little bit differently to win. And Derek Favors, I think, would really help. Um, the teams that are in L.A., Miami, New York, not except for they're completely mismanaged. Brooklyn, uh, you know, they're going to have an advantage. Nice. Okay, can you hear me? So, so this has been an interesting uh, – Our uh, the internet continues to be taxed. Um, I, I live in the Valley, Doug, and, and the, the bandwidth is a joke. Um, I think it's because there are several – tech billionaires like within a three mile radius of me that are sabotaging the connectivity because they're trying not to be spied on just a theory the warriors owner joe lakeup is among them but um if we're back i don't know at what point in my Derek favors rant we um or not really rant but my Derek favors like chant um i got cut off but it was a good point by you yep <laughs> okay um so are we jumping to our social media Let's do it. Um, those are our things we're looking forward to this season. Derek Favors, number one. Uh, let's go to social okay. media. Well, as the perfect segue, I'm going to, I just have one. I just wanted one. Okay. And I have two. I think you have my one, though. Let's hear, let's no. hear one of my two. Um, what is it? It's the most beautiful, smiling GIF or GIF, whatever, however you say it, of Derek Favors. And Paul Heslip gets my social media moment of the year, I guess. Um, and he said, my day was just made when I realized that at D favors 14, um, 14's last birthday, that this is at D favors 14's last birthday before he's a jazz man again. And, uh, Paul, Paul, uh, Paul always provides great yeah. jazz entertainment for us via social media and. Um, I was kind of just wanting to pull that from our last comment. Um, and yeah. man, I just love me some Derek favors and you know what they say, if distance makes the heart grow fonder, then, then it's something good. Right. And so I'm pretty sure there's something good. That's exactly how they say it. That's how they say it all the time. Something good. Um, I like it. And it's also a nice throwback to Paul who has one of my favorite social media moments of the season, which was him video recording his reaction to the Bland Bogdanovich game winner versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And those were some better times, my friend. Um, well, spoiler, like, how about this, Doug, for groupthink? Here's my, I have two, and here's my first one. A tweet from at DFavors14. HBD to the GOAT, all caps, at Joe Ingles. Happy birthday to the GOAT. I was just going back at things that I liked, and that jumped off the page, and that was I knew there, I had a plan somewhere to talk about Derek Favors coming back. So this was it. Um, that made me happy. And then like somebody replied, um, Adam at prodigy JF with the, just the tweet soon. And then a picture of them high-fiving each other. And then, Oh, who's this guy at Doug is the name. Please 2020 at Mark twos and threes. Please hashtag prayer hands emoji. That's not a hashtag, but you know what I mean? All right, here's one more. Can I read you my one other one that yep. made me happy? 
from the year. Um, so here's somebody I really like on Twitter saying this. Uh, this was fun, exclamation mark. Wanted to share this with you at Tony Jones, the NBA, or T Jones on the NBA. We gave you a shout out for our post game slash Twitter interactions. Thanks for being such a cool guy, along with always filling us with jazz nourishment. Um, okay, nice sign or whatever. If you're on a short time, go straight to 102, you know, the, this point in the pod. To which quote to eat from Tony Jones. Thank you so much, Doug. Uh, those were kind and unneeded words. And honestly, if we're talking about social media highlights of the year, it's um, you and Tony Jones bromance um, developing. And I know there's like, there was a better exchange before, but when I was just searching you and his names, this is what came up first. So there you go, Doug. You made my, you made my, you made my 2019 slash 2020 by uh, becoming best friends with, with my favorite um, jazz writer. And sometimes Tony Jones. Tony also responded to you. So, we just need to get Tony on, but only because I, now he knows I'm your brother. Like, right, you know, right. Awesome. I mean, that's good. But I thank you for getting us in. All right, Doug. It's been fun. Social media has been fun. Can I? Let's. Should we just do this one little? I'm going to tack on this and one thing. I'm going to give you a one one Broncos thought. So this was our Jazz um, season one recap. Um, it's been so fun. Thanks to everybody who's been on the pod. Um, basically, every family member um, in my immediate family several of our <laughs> extended family and, and friends. Um, we've had some great guests along the way. It's been, it's been fun. We'll still get McKay Riches to come on as our heel next, uh, next yeah. season. Um, there's stuff left on the, on the meat on the bone for sure with Talon Hatch and the rules of fandom. And um, we'll have more fun stuff um, next time, but here's my end one. And I need my one Broncos thought. It made a little more sense two weeks ago. Now just basically everybody on the Broncos is injured, but here's the thing in the post Manning era, this is the average Broncos game. Um, Hey, we're kind of doing okay. Hey, it's a little back and forth. Man, our defense is good. Um, Yeah. Okay. We're up uh, three with two minutes left. Okay. We lost, we lost by less than seven and that's every freaking game, Doug. And here's the thing, man. Do you remember Tim Tebow? I think you might. When Timmy T was the Broncos quarterback, every game minus the last two minutes was pure, unadulterated torture. It was awful to watch. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't score. They couldn't do anything. And then for two minutes, it was elation. And he would come back and win the game. So why can we not do this? Tim Tebow playing Mariano Rivera's closing role. We could even work Enter Sandman in. And we just have him come be our closer. I mean, and just until Drew Locke is, you know, healthy and like going and stuff, why not just have whoever else play quarterback for the Broncos for the entire game until the last two possessions and bring Timmy T in and and have us win the game? Explain to me how this doesn't work. I I literally see no way that that doesn't work. So... I'd, I mean, you could. The main definitely... way is probably that Vic Fangio would somehow like have all his timeouts left and then not use them, even though like we're like driving down the field, or uh, or John Elway would just like just hates Tim Tebow so much that he would just like run onto the field himself and like throw his, his body in the way. Of it. I don't. I don't. Know. I could also. So that's my end one. That's my. What is, that's my suggestion. Yep. And just my little add on to that. How many seasons since Peyton Manning have the Broncos started like five or six and zero? Counting two beautiful Trevor Simeon years, I believe. Um, 
Uh, I'm pretty sure there was two or three seasons and since Peyton Manning where we've started six and zero. So I'm just telling you, Mark, zero and three is the new six and zero because that never got the Broncos into the playoffs. Well, yeah, six and zero certainly never worked. Maybe we bring in Trevor Simeon for six games. Like, what? Let's let's be smart about this. Trevor Simeon is the best first six games quarterback in the history of the NFL. So let's have him be our quarterback for six games, and then the rest of the way it's just anybody, whoever. And then Tim Tebow for the last two minutes of the game. I, I think we go undefeated. I'm pretty sure that's the best way to piece together a championship team. Let's just think about this. Let's build. Let's be in a building constructive mode is all I'm saying, Denver Broncos organization. It's gone on long enough. I mean, Von Miller got hurt before the season even started, which kind of, you know, put me out, out um, early. And, of course, like I'm in a fantasy league where I have like, Melvin Gordon, Sutton, Fant, um, and the Broncos defense and McManus or something. And uh, needless to say, I'm not exactly lighting the world on fire. Although Melvin Gordon's been okay yeah. the last couple of weeks. All I have to say Sutton's, is that I learned Sutton's good when he plays. I learned my lesson a long, a long time ago to separate my fantasy passion, fantasy football passion, and my Broncos fandom because, it's man, it seems like you just don't play them and they have the best game and you – you make them your ride or die, and they just don't do anything. So I just want to cheer for my guys, you know. But, but I mean, I get Lamar Jackson. Like okay, first pick, boom, I got Lamar Jackson on one, just because I like having him on my fantasy team, and I have Kyler Murray on another one. But anyways, that's all I got. That's all I got, Doug. I just love doing this podcast with you, man. You're all kinds of fun. Yep. Well, you're even more fun. So I've been told. It's okay. Twos and threes, season one. Call it a wrap from here on out on the feed. Are they season two pods? I don't know. Maybe we're a transition season. Anyways. Off season pod. Quick season prediction. Uh, Heat and stuff. Um, Lakers are so disgusted by having lost a 3-0 lead that they, that they moved the franchise back to Minneapolis. That's mine. Jimmy Butler sends him there. Um, he did, he he did six. We're all about the Jimmy Butler theory. He bet on himself and was 100% right. Um, I yeah. didn't believe in Jimmy Butler like I didn't believe in Jordan Clarkson, and I count myself wrong twice. Never been wrong other than that, though. I can never think of a time. All right, man. This was awesome. Twos and threes. Boom. Boom. <laughs>